Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to live your bet life. That is code CHGO when you sign up with PointsBet. My name is Corey. I am joined as always by Brendan. And if you are an older listener of us uh, when we were formerly known as the Cubs-related podcast. You know who we are, and and you were expecting us at some point. If you are recently joining the feed after the CHGO launch on Friday, welcome. Uh, Of course, you've been hearing Luke, Cody, and Ryan daily and in studio on YouTube. Uh, I popped in there on Friday. I will be back again tomorrow, and the plan is to have Brendan in studio, not in studio, but live uh, on the show, on video, on Friday. Uh, But what we do here is just Brendan and I, and we've been doing it for about six years, and it's going to be the same show that we always have, but we are excited to be under the CHGO banner. So that's a little housekeeping just out of the way here, but we want to get right into things here. So Brendan, uh, we are still in a lockout, but this this is one of those episodes where we could end up breaking news during this show. Oh, you're being optimistic. I am being I, optimistic. I hope so. I, I am being optimistic, but they're they're talking now. They're exchanging offers. The owners came up a little bit on the luxury tax. So there's potential that something happens tonight, maybe tomorrow. Um, if it obviously happens after we record this podcast, we'll discuss it uh, on the CHGO Cubs podcast at 3.30 live on Wednesday. So just... Keep an eye on the news because things are fluid at the moment. But Brendan, hello. Great studio performance. Uh, the Thank gray you. colored shirt, uh, excellent color. I wonder who told you to wear that. You looked, you looked phenomenal. Yeah. So, so if you've yeah. been listening to us for a while, I think you can understand <laughs> that Brendan, before I went on the show on Friday, made me send him a photo of yes. potential outfits that I would be wearing. I 
don't care at all, uh, frankly. Well, and I, I think they might encourage me to wear my John Lester jersey every every time. But I felt I would, you know, act a little more professional than that. But Brendan was very concerned. I was. Well, you got to represent me. I don't care about you. It's what it looks like for me. So you look good. Um, you know, you're, you, the, the camera likes you, Corey. Like you said you have a face for radio. I don't think that. I thought you looked really good. Uh, voice was sharp, sounded very nice and deep, so so well done. At some point, I'm going to have to get out there to Chicago and do the same thing and try to live up to your standards. Yeah, I appreciate that. And and on that note, the we're, we're doing audio only today, uh, but as we told you guys, as part of joining CHGO, it's it's going to provide some some opportunities for us in terms of production. The The plan is we're, we're working some kinks out, but the plan is uh, soon to be doing this on YouTube and doing it live all the time. So you guys can see us, interact with us, and that way you can watch it, watch it live, watch it the next day, or listen in the audio version uh, like with the show uh, you're seeing from Luke, Cody, and Ryan. So that that's the plan, audio only today. But let so let's going back to the CBA negotiation stuff, where we stand, we're recording this at about 8 central time in Chicago. Uh, looking at some information from Evan Drellich of The Athletic, the MLB proposed luxury tax thresholds now went up to $230 million and run to $242 million. He goes on to say that the, there are strings attached to those increases, though, and other issues that the players are concerned with with the offer that the MLB sent earlier on Tuesday evening. The whole thing is not known. So again, some of these reporters suggesting we may be in for another late night, some some reports of, of certain people walking back and forth to the camps and all of that other stuff. But that's basically where we're at. So it's fluid, something could happen, could not happen, but today was supposedly the deadline that if they don't get this done, we're going to start cutting through more of the dates in the regular season, and you're you're really diminishing that period where even if you got a deal done, you wouldn't be able to cram 162 games in. Even though they've canceled the first two series, they could in theory strike a deal but cram things in with off days or doubleheaders, things like that, but I guess according to the league this is the deadline to get this done yeah it's it's kind of starting to feel like spring training at least in my mind like i know there's still a lockout right but we're getting more videos of minor league camp we saw cole franklin james triantos brennan davis went yard today we're going to get video even from the backfields at the mlbpa setup that they have going on there we saw kyle hendricks throw a bullpen so at the very least, we're still getting content. I feel as if like this episode, we have we have stuff to talk about, like actual baseball stuff separate from the lockout, which feels nice. Yeah. So the the MLBPA set up sort of an alternate camp because, of course, the players, uh, as as stupid as this whole process is, cannot work out at their facilities or be in contact with their coaches or trainers and all that other stuff. So uh, that is really great. Um, so yeah, let, let's start there. And then of course, we have some unfortunate news with uh, Cody Hoyer having Ugh. surgery today, which was a, a bit of a shock. We'll touch on that in a little bit. But let's start with what we saw from this MLBPA camp. And yeah, like you said, Brendan, like it was very nice um, to see from Jordan Bastian, Megan Montemuro, some of these beat writers sharing content of of MLB players playing baseball. And it, it feels like it's been a while since we've seen that. Um, and I, I wanted to touch on exactly kind of that notion. And it was a quote from Patrick Wisdom 
who says he made some adjustments at the plate and is working on his mechanics. And, and the quote that he gave was, all throughout the lockout, all of a sudden I can't have contact with the people that I'm working with to be successful in season. And, and I wanted to highlight that yeah. quote because we've talked about how this process may put certain teams, the Cubs probably being one of them, at perhaps a little bit more of a disadvantage because they are not a, a group that has been together for years. It's not a, a veteran group. Um, and you've got a lot of guys that are trying to continue a, a short period of success, guys like Wisdom, Frank Schwindel, etc., uh, guys like Nico Horner trying to find their footing in the MLB and maybe hold down a starter job. You've got a whole outfield, basically, of candidates like this, save for Jason Hayward in Clint Frazier, um, Ian Happ, A Tale of Two Seasons uh, last year, Michael Hermosillo, Rafi Ortega, like guys who are trying to sort of find a footing in the MLB, and they can't work with their staff, and they can't yeah. be in contact with those guys on a daily basis. And you would think that someone like Wisdom, um, especially as he's trying to adjust to what pitchers did to him to generate such a high strikeout rate to avoid him hitting bombs like he was doing, that's really tough, man. Yeah, Wisdom's year last year, you may, you may remember this, for the majority of his success, he was hitting all pitches. He had positive run value against fastballs, breaking pitches, and off-speed pitches. So to me, even during those times where he was striking out a lot, there was a part of me that wasn't concerned. It was actually interesting because that suggested these strikeouts may not be due to some like huge type of hole in his game. Patrick had issues starting around early August, mid-August, and during that time frame, he started to struggle against breaking pitches, and his outside-the-zone swing rate went up a lot. So he's chasing more pitches, not making contact, and started to struggle for the first time that year against sliders. But here's the weird thing. He made the adjustment. He made that adjustment in August against sliders. Going into September, his outside the zone swing rate improved. It went better than league average. It went from 36% down to 29%. That's pretty good. That's an adjustment. That's a fast adjustment. But the issue was the league adjusted again. And what they did was they started attacking Wisdom with more fastballs, more fastballs up, kind of within that same type of pocket that he saw uh, sliders previously. So then in September, his struggles were more pronounced by fastballs. So the way that he worked last year, he had success against most pitch types for the first part of his season against all pitch types at the same time. And then he went into a little bit of a funk driven by not hitting sliders. And then he kind of fixed that and then he couldn't hit fastballs. And this is all kind of that cat and mouse type game. And to Patrick's point, this is one of the unfortunate consequences of the lockout as it relates to the Cubs, especially as it relates to someone like Wisdom, who needs to make these super fast adjustments, especially at his age, especially given the Cubs' emphasis on youth. He specifically is maybe at more of a misfortune than you know other teammates or other guys um, on, on other teams. So that sucks, but it does remind me too that at least the the ideas are there for wisdom. And I just want to keep saying this. Yes, his contact rate of 61% is like in the bottom 
fifth percentile of the league, but he has shown throughout his short time with the Cubs the ability to adapt really, really fast. Now, can he do that in a long sample size in a longer season? We don't know. Most guys, unfortunately, with Wisdom's peripherals, they can't do that. But a lot of those guys also have underlying problems that Wisdom doesn't appear to to have right now. So it kind of leaves me more optimistic that he can do this. But again, it's just unfortunate he's not going to get the chance to rapidly adjust during spring training as he normally might have if there were no lockout. You know, throughout this whole process, and I, I think it was Trevor Williams, but I'm blanking on exactly who it was. But I know there was a pitcher on, on Twitter who kind of made a joke um, that there would be deals that happened right when free agency opened and he kind of like did a winking face with like I'm sure there's been no discussions of uh you know negotiations while this whole process is going on because that's not allowed right you guys so similar to that like I'm sure Patrick Wisdom isn't making like rogue adjustments that when David Ross gets with him he's like what on earth did you do here (laughs) right I'm sure there's a way to kind of communicate this or figure out get everybody on the same page so to speak one way or the other but at the same time you just wish that Patrick was able to make these changes in a a full spring training not one that's going to be super rapid and 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 at a separate MLB players association camp but you know at the Cubs facility in Mesa with all their technology and all of their coaches and and sort of the brain trust being able to see this and oversee it and work with Patrick on a daily basis. So I, I'm, I'm sure it'll all work out, but the, these are the types of things where you kind of wonder, you know, man, like, is there is there sort of a, a, a tangible effect of, of this, and are these players kind of disproportionately uh, involved in that? So something else we saw um, from this, this Cubs, uh, not Cubs camp, the Players Association camp, Nico Horner was out there. He's looking good. He's, he's, he's looking bulky. Brendan, I know you're, you're a big, uh, like, you know, best shape of their life kind of guy, a lot of muscle on Nico. And he, again, is at least for the moment, you know, addressing questions of, you know, being ready to be the everyday shortstop is that if that is ultimately what he, is asked to do. He he worked out, I believe, today uh, and yesterday in multiple positions, but again, continues to answer when asked, uh, yes, you know, I'm ready to be the shortstop of the Cubs if that is ultimately what happens. So something to, yeah. of course, keep an eye on uh, once free agency opens. And then, as you mentioned, Brendan, we also saw Kyle Hendricks throwing today. I, and I, I have to say, I know you have some thoughts on Kyle. and, and Lots I, of thoughts. Yes, as always. Always, always. thinking about Kyle Hendricks. Um, yeah, morning, not? noon, night, in bed, always. Thought Kyle yeah. Hendricks for Brendan. Four times a day. Yeah. But getting to those in a second I'm just I'm watching this video now of him throwing you know his his over the head motion with the glove isn't it beautiful I missed it Brendan I really missed it I know it's uh I was watching that side session probably like dozens of times this afternoon I miss it right like I want to see him I want to see Stroman I want to see the rest of the guys as well but at least we get that with Kyle Hendricks and like just seeing him pitch kind of reminded me of what may have went wrong for Kyle last year. And it was a weird season for him, dude. And we talked about this a lot last year. Even earlier on in the season, we had discussions like, hey, you know, he's giving up home runs. I'm saying I'm not worried. This is why, velocity, all that stuff, right? Ultimately, by the end of the year, the numbers 
got a little better, but still not typically what you see from, from Kyle. And so the question then is, it deserves to be asked is, what do we think about his projection for 2022? And so like that, that that's a question that's been sticking with me in my mind, especially seeing him um, in this MLB PA camp. So last year, just a little brief uh, background. We're going to get into this a lot over the next few weeks, but Hendricks, the reason he did not perform up to his standards last year, solely, 100% solely driven by his changeup, not preventing as many runs as years past. For the first time in his career, he had a negative run value of minus eight, minus eight, Corey, on his changeup. This is Kyle Hendricks' changeup. It was among the the the, the worst changeups from a run prevention standpoint. That is unbelievable. How could that happen? And so there were some ideas that he was tipping pitches. I'm not sure if that's true or not. Maybe it is. There's other ideas as well that maybe his you know command wasn't as consistent. But if you look at his heat map, his change of command wasn't variable at all. He was hitting most of his locations. So so what gives? So if we look at his sinker location by count, there's a clear pattern going on. And I posted on allchgo.com showing that Hendrick's release point was predictive of where he's throwing his sinkers. So that's one tidbit. I'll be talking more about that on Friday uh, with the rest of the guys live on their show. But in addition to that, this is the one that's really standing out to me. Hendrick's on all counts, it's predictable where a sinker is going. When he has two strikes, the majority of his sinkers are going backdoor to right-handed batters. Like, the majority of them. I'll eventually post the, the heat maps on this. And then when he's behind the count or starting the count, he's going up and in. He's going up and in to right-handed batters. So it's a clear pattern here. And this reminded me of when he was facing, I think it was Paul Goldschmidt last year. And it was a beautiful changeup, beautiful changeup down and in. And Goldschmidt lays off it. And I'm thinking, no, that's weird. Like, like how do you lay off that? And then just, you know, a few pitches later, he hits the same pitch. And so you can kind of think if hitters are predominantly seen sinkers back door with two strikes, any pitch that they see inside and kind of middle in or down, they know it's a changeup. They're sitting on the changeup. And I think that's what was going on to some degree with Kyle last year, in addition to other stuff that's that obviously we're missing because this is all public data. But that that to me signals easy fix sequencing fix and maybe something with that release point but who knows but i'm never worried about him Corey. i know like the adjustments may not have happened as quickly as we have as we would have liked last year but with his type of stuff you don't have to worry about it. it's just a matter of time until he figures it out yeah i that was our stance pretty much all year unfortunately you know we never really got proven correct on that i guess but He's, uh, of course, a key factor in like, what does this team look like in terms of their competitiveness, right? You you bring in Marcus Stroman, you bring in Wade Miley, you're hoping for, I think, a breakout season from someone like Albert Alzali, maybe Justin Steele, if he's getting those starts at the back end of the rotation. But if you can get vintage Kyle Hendricks, you know, more in line with like 2016 third place in the Cy Young Kyle Hendricks, you know, this rotation takes a a different turn, right? If it looks more like last year, 
again, kind of a, a different look. But just putting things in a, in a different perspective, twenty twenty one was Kyle's worst year by ERA since he came into the league. It was his worst year by FIP since he came into the league by a lot, uh, and ERA as well, a lot. And it was his worst year by wins above replacement as well. And that includes his rookie season where he only pitched 80 innings and 2020 where he only pitched 81 innings. And 2021, in 181 innings, his war was worse than any other year in his career. So just putting some things in perspective, it was it was a clunker of a year, uh, you know, relative to what we have seen from Kyle Hendricks in the past. I, I think that a lot of the stuff Brendan has detailed today and some of the stuff that he'll continue to detail, there, there's clearly some tweaks to be made, right? It, it's it's not as though there there doesn't appear to be an answer. And yeah, like I think the, the stance of you and I has always been like, he's just one of those guys you trust to figure things out, right? He's only 32. Yeah. So it, it's, it's not like he's, you know, particularly up there in age to the point where you can't rely on stuff and 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 things like that anymore like he he's got the stuff he has the mind him and Tommy Hadovy will figure it out but it's obviously a, a huge thing for what this rotation looks like yeah but I I'm just like I'm, I keep thinking about this I don't know if you even realize this but if you watch some of those games those hitters are sitting on those changes yeah. like how like it's, it was it's just weird to me and I think that might that might be part of it too and you can go into the ERA you can see oh a 4.7 ERA you have 4.9 FIP 1.3 WAR yeah that looks terrible but that doesn't mean anything like in terms of predicting next year now if those numbers are being derived by you know weakening stuff injuries some type of age related decline that you see from guys like even recently as Jake Arrieta then there's reason to be concerned. But if the concern is being driven by a sequencing thing, like that can be fixed. And that can be fixed from day one. It's just a matter of time, Corey. Yeah, I, I think that's that's generally where we're going to land. We'll believe in Kyle Hendricks until he gives us a clear reason not to. So that I think is, is the stance of you and I. So I want to uh, switch now to the disappointing news that we brought up earlier in the show and that is so we we all logged on um and just got this photo of Cody Hoyer in a hospital bed with a huge thing on his arm and we're like oh okay you know happy Tuesday right so he apparently had Tommy John and he is out for the year so that is uh, that's the story and i i've i've joked throughout the day that i you know i didn't realize that the craig kimbrell deal with the white Sox had a a clause that only one of the pieces in the return is allowed to be healthy at any given time because of course we didn't see nick madrigal in the second half last year he of course was hurt when they made the trade uh but we didn't get to see him but we did get to see cody hoyer and now we'll get to see nick madrigal but we will not get to see cody Hoyer. so one day i hope to see those two on the field at the same point for the cubs but it's not going to be in 2022 hoyer was in the midst of making changes to his fastball that i was excited about and when you look at the bullpen the way it's kind of ironed out right now there's a lot of holes 
especially at the back end. There's a lot of possibilities where you can see it working, but a lot of those possibilities are you know hit or miss, at least currently as it's constructed. So right now in the back of the bullpen, you have Wick, Manny Rodriguez, Scott Efros, Brad Week, Tommy Nance, Michael Rucker, and then Keegan Thompson. Presumably those are your guys start the year off, and then maybe you know a few guys make it um, after camp. So Rowan Wick is probably your more stable guy, but even him coming off some pretty severe injuries recently, you, you don't you don't know. It's still a degree of uncertainty that I, I don't like. So having Hoyer, who is a possibility in that back end of rotation of, of the bullpen removed, it it sucks. And yeah, like I think with him specifically, there was a lot of promise there because I thought the Cubs identified something within this game that could have gotten him to the next level. And that, that was his fastball. So when they acquired him, he was throwing a four-seam fastball. Didn't have that much carry on it. In fact, from a four-seam fastball perspective, it had more tailing action than 95% of the league. So it was a very unorthodox four-seam fastball. So Tommy Hadovy was working on changing the grip with that pitch for reasons that we never got the specifics about, but... There were some growing pains in that process with the Cubs, where his walk rate went up, his strikeout rate went down, but what did not get affected was his changeup, and his changeup still drew whiffs, it was still looking good, and in my mind, it was just a matter of dialing in that fastball and working that fastball to give his changeup even more efficiency, and maybe have his changeup give his fastball more efficiency if you can match the look of that pitch. So we're not going to get a chance to do that. And not only were we not going to get a chance to do that in a shortened spring training, but we're not going to get a chance to do that the entire year. And so then, I mean, it 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 just, it just sucks, man. It, it that was a huge piece to that deal that I don't really think many people. Exp- I mean, I, I speak for myself. I don't think I understood the promise of acquiring Cody Hoyer, and then when you see him get Tommy John, it hurts even more. He had an interesting you know, sort of half season when he came over to the Cubs. He finished with a 3.14 ERA and a 4.36 FIP in 28 and two-thirds innings for the Cubs. But he had some stretches. Like a a lot of those numbers are kind of... um, ballooned by some some really bad outings because he had a stretch his first 22 innings with the Cubs uh, which was over 18 appearances he gave up just three earned runs which is good for a 1.23 ERA which is obviously very good um so he had stretches of like you know real brilliance that that he was showing but what is the most I think disappointing thing about this it, it Obviously, if the Cubs were going to be competitive in 2022, which, you know, we kind of have to see how this offseason plays out to decide how we really feel about the chances there, but Cody was going to be part of that bullpen, right? Jed Hoyer has talked a lot already before the lockout about the need and during the lockout about the need to add more veteran relievers, add some more stability to the bullpen. So that's clearly an area of need. It was before. It's obviously going to be more so after today. But Cody was going to be a big part of that. He was going to get a chance to pitch in some high leverage spots, I imagine. And so what really is kind of you know, from a, obviously the most disappointing thing is that the guy's hurt, right? We want him to not be hurt and feel better. But from a player development perspective, 2022 was probably going to be a a pretty formative year 
for him. You're 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 fully in a new organization. You're now with the the, the pitching infrastructure, Tommy Hanavy and those guys, and you've got a full year to go out there and, and try to execute those strategies. And I think 2022, Brendan, would have been a year for him wherever he ended up to kind of get him ready to be maybe not the closer, but definitely one of the high leverage guys going forward after 2022. And so now you've lost that year. And now, of course, he has to rehab from an injury, get back to throwing. And, you know, there's that whole process. But I I think 2022 was going to be big for him because whether the Cubs are good or not, you're kind of like, you have the ability to maybe audition is is the wrong word, but get these guys experience yeah. in maybe a season again that is is a big deal or not a big deal, but that then they can kind of carry that into twenty twenty three and beyond. And you can say we we've got that year under our belt. Cody Hoyer knows what it's like to be a high leverage reliever. We can put him yeah. at the back end of that bullpen and we can move forward. And, you know, now you're not going to get that kind of formative year. Quick break by our presenting sponsor. The best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, including my web content that I'm going to be posting frequently, and you'll get even a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you have any questions at all, just email pointsbet at allchgo.com and we will help you. Remember that PointsBet is your home for live in-game betting. They even have a new exclusive feature, live NBA same-game parlay for the first time ever. Build a perfect live same-game parlay only with PointsBet. Combine your favorite bets anytime during the game. And now online sign-up is available in Illinois. Signing up with the fastest sports book is now easier than ever, so you can start living your bet life in seconds. Again, use code CHGO to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. So, Corey, when we talk about experience, right, there's an experience with Cody Hoyer getting a high-leverage type of environment, but there's also too, like your word is juxtaposition, my word is iteration, right? So you want to you want to fail fast. You want to try new things out, try these pitch grips out, try to get through the stuff that doesn't work. That way you get to the end point, which is you being successful. So yeah, this year might be a transition year for Cody Hoyer or would have been a transition year for Cody Hoyer, but it, I can't I can't emphasize how sucky this is for him and and the Cubs because now you just delay that entire process where now when he comes back from Tommy John you know the environment does change the context does change and who knows what's going to happen in a year plus with him but if he comes back stronger which is typically the case with many recent Tommy John surgery pitchers they come back throwing faster you know maybe maybe he can just from day one not miss a beat Again, Jed Hoyer has pointed to the need to address this. So I would expect to what level are we talking about guys like Andrew Chafin coming back? Are we talking about other things? I, I, you know, I don't know. But there's going to probably be some additions here. 
But looking at who the Cubs have now, right? We've talked about Rowan Wick. You've got Manny Rodriguez, who we saw last year in the second half. Guys like Michael Rucker, Scott Efros, Corey Abbott, we saw get some looks uh, on this team. And then you also have guys like, what do they do with Keegan Thompson, right? Is he going to get an opportunity to start, or do they continue to use him in somewhat of that swingman role? Guys like Brad Week, Braylon Marquez, who Jed Hoyer has described as a potential weapon, right? Kind of one of those hybrid, not a starter, not a typical one-inning reliever kind of guys. Can he step up and play a role? We saw people like Ethan Roberts get in there. Do you, do you have anybody in mind that you're you're really itching to kind of see get that opportunity or really yeah. believe should get that opportunity now that you know a, a pretty key spot has opened up here one candidate is is hard to narrow down because a lot of them have the same type of projection portfolio like you can think of Manny Rodriguez right we saw him throw triple digits we saw him even get chances to close games last year that of course piques my interest i think from all the guys we're talking about the one weird pitcher that I can't stop thinking about is Tommy Nance. When he was coming up, right away he was throwing sinkers with so much spin. His curveball had the most spin of any curveball in, in the league. And then for whatever reason, whether it was injury-based or rules changes, whatever reason, his, his spin rate dropped by about almost 10%. So <laughs> that I, I don't know why that happened. So I want to see him come back this year. Let's get him underneath the stack cast. Let's see the spin race. Let's see what he has. Because if he's, if he's going to go out there and throw, you know, mid to upper 90 sinkers in that type of tunnel at the batter's wrist and then follow up with that with some heavy breaking stuff, then I, I like his attitude. I like his stuff. And I think he can fit in well towards the back end of their rotation. I was genuinely shocked when he just started to... to to perform poorly and getting option to AAA was wasn't even in my mind last year when he was having so much success. So whatever was going on, to me, I'm hoping that's kind of behind him. But you're you're going to have the opportunity to really give guys a look here and and give them a chance to take the ball and and go with it and kind of earn a long term spot in this bullpen. Um, we'll we'll see who all gets added to the fold, but. You know, right now, like you said with Rowan Wick, like I, he, in my mind, he's like the presumptive closer, I, I guess. But you know, he, that can't that, like I like Rowan Wick, but there's 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 degrees of certainty, right? He can get to that point where he is that closer or a late inning guy. But if you're going to go into the season with him and you have any intention of being competitive, that 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 is a risk. That is a risk that sure, probably yeah, does yeah. not make much sense. No, I I agree with you. I, I'm saying that as I just look at this group, like I that's just sort of who I would assume if you were slotting it right now would be getting that. And yeah, that's that's a risky move. And you know he's still uh, got to work his way back and and get to that kind of form that we've seen him at at the past in in the past. So. It's it's going to be, yeah, Jed Hoyer is going to have some work to do if you want this bullpen to go along. We've also kind of talked about the Braylon Marquez being kind of one of these options, given the staff that you have that at least at the moment is not bringing a lot in terms of heavy velocity. Are we going to see guys, you know, multiple guys in this bullpen being utilized in a multi-inning type role? You know, we've already mentioned yeah. someone like Keegan Thompson. 
Braylon Marquez potentially? What is Alec Mills doing? Like, how are they going to manipulate this whole pitching staff? Um, but the, you know, again, the, the overall takeaway today, I think, is that it's, you know, it's just unfortunate that Hoyer is not going to be a part of that. Um, you know, again, he, he he had some real flashes of like, okay, you know, this guy's 25 years old, came over in this trade. Like, there's really something here. And I think you were certainly hoping that 2022 would be kind of a let's take things to the next level and right. kind of establish him as, as a guy in this bullpen. And you're not going to get to do that. You're not. The free agent pool as it sits now, there, there's interesting guys out there that could fit this team. And Jed Hoyer has said that prioritizing veteran bullpen arms is worth considering. So for him to say that, is it true? I don't know, but he said it. But some of the guys that kind of got my attention include Archie Bradley, Sean Doodle, uh, former Cub Andrew Chafin, Colin McHugh, who was on the Astros, you know, kind of a swing starter in the past as well. I've always liked Daniel Norris. Daniel Norris from the Blue Jays and the Tigers, for some reason, like, I don't know why he never reached his potential, but he I've always liked him. Um, so he's on that list. And then another former Cub, Ryan Tapera. So can they fix his stuff when he went from the Cubs to the White Sox? They bring him back, maybe, right? They did it one time. He has that nice cutter. I, I like it. So there's ways to go about shoring up this bullpen. And I think there's ways to do it in a cost-effective manner. Even just naming, you know, Andrew Chafin or Ryan Tapera or, or Daniel Norris, that's not going to cost you much money at all. And it's going to keep you flexible if you want to go out and improve your positional core or even your starting uh, staff as well. Like right now, we'll see what the new CBA looks like, but just assuming things aren't too crazy with the payroll, 60 to $80 million, that that's the room they got. And 60 is at the low end, maybe right there in the middle is like 70, 75. That's a lot of money to play with. And with these relievers on short-term deals, that seems to be like, I guess, right when this lockout, if it does end, that's going to be a priority for the Cubs. That's just kind of what I'm thinking about right now, especially with Hoyer now off of the year. Yeah. And I, I, I do think it's noteworthy and I agree with the sentiment of veteran relievers. And not only is that important, I mean, generally, you know, that's obviously mostly what you're dealing with with free agency at this point. Um, but like this group just lacks experience, like when you look at things, right? And and I think, you know, obviously like Wick has, has a, a decent amount, but like you think back to some of the teams that we've seen in the past and like the kind of like pretty valuable like leadership and just the role that some of those relievers played. You think, of course, of Pedro Strope, uh, the relationship that he had with not only just Javi Baez, but clearly a lot of those pitchers in that bullpen. You think of the impact that just the the personality and the presence of guys like Travis Wood had throughout their time in Chicago. Like, you, you need guys in there. Like, you've got a lot of young guys. You've got a lot of guys who are trying to find a role, trying to work on their pitches, their repertoire, and they, they're going to struggle, right? They're, they're going to have outings that are just disasters because they're, they're learning and they're, they're trying to grow. Yeah. You need some, some veteran presence out there to kind of be – you know, a sort of like moral leader. And, you know, obviously you're hoping that they're contributing on the field. You know, we don't need people out there just to 
you can hire coaches for that. But I do think it's important that these guys get to play, um, you know, the, uh, the the people that we mentioned, you know, a guy like Manny Rodriguez in particular comes to mind. Like you want veterans around these guys to help them through those struggles, help them through those adjustments and help them kind of have a, a better perspective on, on the game. Being a relief pitcher is a a fickle job. I've never done it, but I can tell that it's 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 got to be pretty like heavy on you mentally. You know, you you are only as good as your last outing in a lot of people's minds and a lot of fans' minds. Um, and we went through that a lot with Pedro Strope, who will remind you was one of the most successful relievers in Cubs history. But yes. a lot of people remember Johnny Peralta taking him deep one time when he was with and the Cardinals, and they think Strope isn't any good, and they're very very wrong about that. So. I, 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 in addition to hoping that this bullpen gets better and more productive, I do like the idea of bringing in some guys who have been around the block a little bit and can kind of add that stability in terms of just their, their mere presence to this bullpen. Yeah. If you think back to 2015 and, and the 2016 transition, Hector Rondon, Pedro Strope, Justin Graham, CJ Edwards, right? Like, see, like those guys in 2016, had prominent roles. And then you had Chapman come over to to really finish off that type of, in their mind at the time, what they thought was going to be a lethal bullpen. And then what happened? You had injuries. You had teams adjust to these guys as well. And it ended up being, during the playoffs, a really restricted bullpen. And so there's another way of thinking about this too, is right now, we can't just look at the 2022 window. So there's, there's one, a way to get these guys to the next level by playing them a lot, but there's also a way that you want to preserve their type of performance as well and not expose them to certain situations and certain scouting reports that might have effects the following year. So what you're saying right? is that they should look to bring back someone like Steve Ciszek because he checks all these boxes. I think they'd have to trade <laughs> yeah. for him, right? But you know he's no, he's a free agent core. Right. So he him. can eat up all these innings and he's a veteran, right? Yeah. Joe Madden showed yeah. us you can just pitch him every day and he'll you know eventually get worse, but you know that's fine, right? <laughs> I mean, you just literally run him to the ground. Right. But but to that point though, the the that's where the multi-inning strategy it's it's really fascinating. And with Ross managing the way he did earlier last year, I, I think it's a point that's often overlooked. Maybe just I overlook it, but the way Ross managed from April through the end of June, when we were hearing about urgency for so long, he he did that. He used his bullpen, for the most part, in an urgent way, having a quick hook with the starting rotation. Right having guys go multiple innings. And I remember talking to you about this, Corey. I'm like, I hate this. Like, I don't want to go see Tommy Nance, like, go two innings. Like, what are we doing here? But because he was able to do that, Tommy Nance had success. And we saw success that we really had no idea was even possible with some of these other pitchers. Keegan Thompson had a role. Uh, Justin Steele had a role. All because they were going multiple innings. Even Ryan Tapera at times went multiple innings. So I'm I'm fascinated by that concept. And we make fun about Steve Cizek and overusing him and whatnot. But like when you have multiple guys who can be used in both swing settings, either as a starter or out of the bullpen, and the ability to go multiple innings, that does have effects on guys like Manny Rodriguez or Rowan Wick 
Wick still coming back from injury. Uh, Rodriguez still working on Stav, who might be your closer in the next two years. That is incredibly valuable, and I hope, at least right now, maybe my mind will change, but I hope Ross keeps that sense of urgency where he's willing to go multiple innings, at least to start with some of these guys. Right, and you you certainly hope that, especially that, like, you know, the maybe the, let's call it the top four, I guess, um, in... Hendricks, Miley, Stroman, and maybe, you know, Adbert Alzali, you hope that those guys are stable and they're, they look like a, a solid starting rotation, but it's, it's always worth remembering that, you know, that is kind of where the game has been headed a little bit um, in terms of starters going shorter, more relievers, more hybrid type relievers, and it's always, you know, something that comes to mind. Like, we just watched a World Series that had very few like reliable like sure thing starters you know just going like seven or eight innings right like it was a bunch of openers or guys that were just expected to go once or twice through the order and then moving it on to the trusted names in the bullpen and you know that's that was how the world series just played out so it's it's clearly something that's going on in the game so something to keep an eye on uh, as it relates to these Chicago Cubs. Um, so want to do a little bit now on some of the future, right? And it's interesting looking at these pictures, Brendan, because when we're taught when we were talking before about the MLBPA camp and Patrick Wisdom and Nico Horner and and seeing these things, they're wearing like black MLBPA shirts that they all must have at this camp. But when we talk about the minor leaguers, they're all wearing Cubs uniforms. Um, so they're, you know, I mean, they're all part of the organization. That's not weird. But just seeing the MLB team not wearing Cub stuff, like Kyle Hendricks throwing a bullpen I know, I hate in, in some other shirt and shorts. But now we're going to talk about guys like Brendan Davis and Cole Franklin, and they're wearing full Cubs uniforms. There's just something like a little jarring about that. But I, I do want to start with, with Cole Franklin. And I want to start with Cole because of the 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 tidbit that we got the other day. Uh, he ended up throwing for the first time since his left oblique injury that kept him out of 2021 on Saturday, on March 5th, and he threw one inning of live BP. He hit 97 to 99 miles an hour, Brendan, with his fastball. And I'll read the quote from him because it, it's an awesome quote. And and he's a great dude. He's been very active on social media. Um, have had the opportunity to, you know, send some messages with him on Instagram and stuff. He's, he's a, a very nice guy. But I, I just love this quote after hitting 99. He said, I can't wait to call my parents. I can't wait to talk to them. I felt unreal. I felt very good. But this is a guy, if you've ever watched him and, him and Brennan Davis, I think were roommates and they liked to post their videos of, of facing one another. And if you've ever seen Cole Franklin's changeup, it's lethal. It's a lethal pitch. But then you're you're reading this the other day going, now hold on a second, like 97 to 99 with the fastball. Absurd. Like, hello, Cole Franklin, am I right? Yeah, so Franklin has the potential to be maybe one of, if not the best pitching prospects in the system. I mean, if we if we talk with Greg Zumach or any of the growing Cubs guys, Greg and Jimmy and, and, and Brian Smith, like the potential they always talk about. It's just with Cole Franklin, he hasn't pitched for the last two years. He had an oblique injury, COVID happened. We haven't seen this guy at all. So his very first day he comes back and he's hitting 99. 
that that jumps out. And the attitude that he also has with that, I mean, I think he checks all the boxes. I'm fascinated to see where he ends up. But this is like the silver lining with, with the lockout. You get more content with the minor league guys. And and for me, I go down to spring training every year to, to see those guys specifically. Of course, I want to see the major league guys and see how they look. But to watch Cole Franklin throw live BP or throw bullpen side sessions or to see Brennan Davis go yard or James Triantos, Owen Casey, all these guys, right? That, that is exciting. That That is fun because you can look back on that years from now and say, you know what? At that point in time, that's when the progress happened. That's when the adjustments were made. And I think we'll look back when we see Cole Franklin hopefully have success and we'll remember, yeah, he came back after a year throwing 99 unexpectedly. Yeah, this this was very exciting. Um, there, There's a lot of really exciting stuff happening in the system. Obviously, Jed Hoyer loves the phrase, the next great Cubs team. Uh, their timelines are all over the place, Brendan, but, uh, you know, we, you and I always like to say that looking back at the trade deadline in particular, Cole Franklin wasn't a part of that. He was already in the organization, but you made a bunch of trades. It was very, like, emotional and sad, and it was like a whole thing, right? But once the dust settles, you want Jed Hoyer to win, Right. He's making the moves now. This is our organization. This is the direction that they chose, and you want them to win. And so what we've seen from Caleb Killian, right, in the second half, and then, of course, his dominant performance in the Arizona Fall League um, championship game, and you're reading this about Cole Franklin. DJ Hers was throwing the other day and touching some big numbers. Like, it's, it's nice to be excited about pitching, again because like of course the last prospect run which helped the Cubs win a World Series was offense driven yes uh this one feels a little more diverse right Brendan Davis is of course the leader of the pack here and he's an unbelievable talent but it's it's it it feels good to be excited about some pitching in this organization yeah before we wrap up here another break from our sponsor if you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us continue to grow is to download the Points Bet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you have any questions, just email pointsbet at allchgo.com and we will help you out. Again, in case you missed it earlier, online signup is available now in Illinois. You'll be signing up with the fastest sports book, easier than ever, so you can start living your bet life in seconds. Once the game starts, don't just bet, live your bet life with points bet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And it is exciting to be looking at all these different pitching changes they're making. This is this is always like an adaptive process. And we see Adver Alizali develop new pitches, change the course of his career by having a slider, by having a cutter, by having a sinker. He threw six pitches last year. He came up as a four-seam curveball guy and a changeup. He is anything but that now. And we're seeing Justin Steele start to change things. And Keegan Thompson 
might change things as well. So when we talk about Cole Franklin and DJ Hurst and Danny Palencia and all these younger guys, to, to me, this is just a start. And they have the foundational tools to make the changes faster at their youth. The other pitchers we're talking about, like Alice Eli and Justin Steele and, and Keegan Thompson, they came up when the pitching infrastructure was not here. They came up when Tommy Hottavy was not the major league pitching coach in terms of coming up, being drafted, and coming up through the system. This is a new environment. So the older days where we were trying and praying that we could see pitching develop, I think those are gone. I think we're going to see it. I think you have to be excited about it. And we're seeing already examples of success because of this infrastructure. And I think it's just a start, Corey. Yeah. So, and I, you know, I don't really have anything to add on Brennan Davis, but we got footage of him hitting a live BP home run on Tuesday. And y'all, I I think you're probably already on the Brennan Davis train, but if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. That man is the truth and it's going to be fun when he gets to Wrigley Field. We, you and I talked about, you know, if maybe this whole situation would uh, like mess up his trajectory or, you know, how, especially if it's a shortened season, which hopefully it's not, um, you know, what does that look like for him and all of that? We'll, we'll see, but it's, you know, obviously it's been good that the minor leaguers have been able to continue this work and sort of get on pace for a normal season with their spring training and their camp. But the the moral of the story is is that he's he's going to be really good. Um, we talk about all these guys, and like James Triantos is another guy who's just you know an amazing talent. But Brennan is Brennan is a special guy. I mean, it's just it's it's a matter of when, right? Once the season starts, we could see him as soon as May. Uh, we could see him sooner if the CBA is different. Um, He's different. I mean, he's a he's a different guy. Like I was watching that home run today. His batting stance even looks a little bit different. I just cannot wait to see him at Wrigley. It's going to be here before you know it. And you can kind of tell. Like we we've had the opportunity to talk with him. I think it's a couple of years now. Time really really flies. But just everybody that you you ask or that has had the opportunity to talk with him, like he he's a, a, an extremely nice guy. He's an extremely humble guy. Uh, a pleasure to interact with and talk to. But like I watched that video today and you can, I I feel like you can kind of tell that he has that attitude of like, yeah, I hit a home run. Like, of course I hit a home run. You know, like I'm ready for this. Like I'm, I'm, I'm prepared for this. This is who I am. Like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like he just has that kind of like swagger and attitude about him that like, again, he's an extremely humble guy, but he, he knows he's good. And he knows that, that, you know, this is what he's meant to be doing and and he's going to be doing it on the big stage. So I think that is all that we have for you. As we have noted in the past, as far as Brendan and I recording our episodes alone, we will ramp up as soon as we're able to. Uh, You know, when baseball's back, we'll update you guys on, you know, when we're going to get back to twice a week. Of course, for sure, during the season, uh, we will always record as we have for the last six years before and after every series. So if the Cubs finish a game on a Sunday, Brendan and I will have a podcast with just the two of us 
after that game. If they finish a series on a Wednesday or a Thursday, same thing. So you hear us twice a week looking back at the series that the Cubs just played and whatever happened over the course of those few days. And then at the end, just a little bit of a preview of the series that is to come. Again, as we're still in a lockout, we'll keep the schedule a little flex, a little bit flexible. But as we noted, if you're looking for the two of us, I am going to be in studio with the CHGO Cubs team on Wednesday of this week, and Brendan will be on Friday. As we kind of alluded to, Brendan has some stuff to talk about with the uh, written post that he has over at allchgo.com. So look for that, and uh, yeah, that that is what we have for you. So want to sign off by just sort of reminding you uh, of what CHGO is, and it is everything, really. It is podcasts and live shows on every team in Chicago every single day. There are post-game shows. I know that our great Blackhawks and Bulls teams have already begun kind of working uh, late into the night and, you know, doing pregame and postgame for some of the games going on with their season. Over at allchgo.com, you will also get premium written content. If you sign up for a membership, you will get a free shirt when you become a member. And as our friend Luke Stuckmeyer likes to say, there is dope merch for all of the teams in Chicago. You will also get access to the CHGO Lounge, the members-only Discord, and a ton of content. Uh, we are we are working every day as a big group. There's a lot of exciting names uh, throughout the different coverage teams, some other stuff that has still yet to be announced, but it's, uh, it's, it's been really cool for us, and we are looking forward to continuing the journey, uh, you know, kind of like coming into our own as, as a, you know, larger Cubs team, uh, but you will still hear from just Brendan and I on the same schedule we've been on for the last few years, if that is uh, what you are looking for. But we are, are very excited to be with the CHGO team and looking forward to what is coming in the future. So that is what we have for you. Again, keep an eye on the lockout news. You know, we're a little after nine in Chicago now. I'm on my Twitter. There, there's stuff coming in, you know, pretty much every minute of like different, you know, nuances to the proposal, but nothing concrete or nothing that, you know, I would say, hey, be optimistic or anything yet. But, you know, when you get up in the morning or whenever you're listening to this, just make sure you're checking in because this stuff uh, can kind of change on a dime, right? It, it, it's a very fluid process. So keep an eye on that. And that is what we have for you. So uh, we usually sign off this podcast in pretty much the same way every time. And that is uh, by simply saying, go Cubs. <laughs>